Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Tracy Hoth. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Thank you, Alicia. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yep. I'm Tracy Hoth and I have been a professional organizer for 13 plus years and I'm also a certified life coach. So I help women, um, end their struggle with disorganization. And I do that with super practical organizing steps and also a lot of mindset work. And the combination of the two is what is giving them amazing results. That's awesome. So how is it that you came to this niche? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have four kids that are very close together. And so I stayed home with them and I realized how being organized was so helpful. And anytime I would, you know, work on that, it made a difference in my life. And I knew I could help other people. So when my youngest started preschool, I started my business and just started helping people and telling people that's what I did. And then eventually I wanted to transfer into something more online and more at home. And I personally came across life coaching and learned things that I never knew in my life. Like I'm 47, I was 47 years old and I've never heard some of these things before. And it blew my mind. And so I knew I could help with the organizing because I could help women get organized. I'd be in their house or their office and help them, but to actually teach them mindset tools that help them get organized on their own was just mind blowing. Yeah. I was going to say, so you wanted to do some more online stuff and then COVID handed you a present, right? (laughs) (laughs) I had started before that, but that actually stopped my in-person organizing. And I really had time to create some programs in my membership. And it was just, it really was good timing, but it's kind of neat also because people now know how to use zoom and they're really familiar with that. And so that's been a really positive thing. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a mixed bag with, with COVID. Like there's some positive and some negative and I've, I, I feel like from the beginning, I've said that people who have who, that silver lining approach, mindset approach to, mm-hmm. um, to life are finding good things coming out of COVID and, and people that don't are, are not. And, you know, even people who have lost 
family members, it's just a, it's a totally different mindset when you have that silver lining approach or the growth mindset or however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, what are some of these things that you were 47 and you had never heard before? Well, I mean, the main thing is that our thoughts cause our emotion, mm. like we're responsible and we have the power to, you know, look into our mind and what it's offering us and decide, do I want to keep that? Do I want to let that go? Could I look at it differently? How is that creating the result that I have in my life? Do I want that result? Yeah. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah. And I know for myself, you know, when you right before I hit record, I was like pushing the chairs (laughs) up against the table because I have just this, this, I've developed this, like, I want it to look nice and I want it to be clean. And this, and it's just, it's amazing how, like you said, these little mindset shifts of can, can, can control things. Right. And just change your mood. Like Sunday night this week, I uh, went to bed at seven with a headache and there was people, we had family or friends over and, um, and I was just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to bed. Um, and we hadn't eaten dinner yet. And so when I woke up the next morning, there were just plates everywhere. And I was like, really? Like, this is what you're leaving me with. Like you couldn't have done the dishes, like, (laughs) come on, you know? And so I think Monday, uh, the next day out of protest, I didn't touch the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next, this morning when I woke up, I thought, okay, I'm just going to clean the kitchen because I am happier when the the kitchen is clean, regardless of if someone else does it or I do it. Right. And then it literally took five minutes to load the dishwasher full of dishes. And I actually took a moment and thought about it being how grateful I am that I have a dishwasher because dishwashers, not everybody have, have them. And I have been blessed to never not have one. And it's how much more time would that have taken without the dishwasher? And then of I just tried to run the dishwasher right now and it's not turning on, but you know, (laughs) Oh no, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) But that's so true because I, in 2018, I decided to do like a minimum baseline. I decided to start doing one thing and I started making my bed, which, you know, people might be surprised that I didn't make it before that, but I made my bed every day and my husband was pretty on board. I mean, he was willing to help, but if I'm not there, he won't necessarily like he doesn't care. And sometimes I'll, he'll get up after me and then I'll come back and it's not made. And I'll think, well, why didn't he do it? And then all I have to do is remind myself, I'm the one that wants it done. I love how it feels when I walk into my room and it takes literally one minute. (laughs) So it's my choice whether or not I do it. Yeah. And the funny thing about the dishes too, is that I, that's my job. Like it's, it, that's why I was like, you left it for me, but I didn't create any of those dishes. Mm-hmm. And that's not like, there were two dishes when I went to bed in the sink and cause the dishwasher was running or clean or whatever it was. And, and anyway, it's just, it, it was funny to me 
that I immediately went into grumpy when the whole reason that I chose that, that job as my job is because it takes five minutes. Mm. And I realized that it takes five minutes when I would start the coffee and then do the kitchen and the kitchen was done before the coffee. Mm -hmm. It, and it's like, well, anything that takes five minutes is not that big of a deal. (laughs) Isn't it crazy how we make out, we spend so much more time being grouchy and arguing in our head and putting it off and it, yeah, it never takes that much time. Yeah. We really do waste more time and energy just being irritable about the fact that it has like, and it boils down to what you said that it's your choice. You can choose to have a, a dirty kitchen or an unmade bed, or you could choose to take the minute or, or five minutes that it takes to do the task mm-hmm. and be happy all day long. Yeah. You know, and remind yourself that you want to do it. And then I like to, to also visualize the result. Like I want to do this because I get this result. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I don't have to do it. I mean, you totally don't have to do it. You could leave it for a week or two weeks. Yeah. It'll probably drive you crazy before then. It would drive you crazy <laughs> way before two weeks or a week even, but right. yeah, but it's like you, it, it's the, that what you said is basically, I don't want to do the thing, but I want the result of the thing. Yeah. Which then you kind of want to do it. But then you want to do the thing. And then it yeah. becomes more of a choice instead of a, I have to, or, or whatnot. Yeah. Right. What do you have a favorite organization tip that you help moms with, or is it just super individualized for the person? I mean, everything, this just goes back to my steps of organizing. It all follows the same five steps, no matter what, no matter if it's mind work we're doing or organizing the stuff or your to-do list or your, I mean, it all comes back to the five steps. Okay. Share the five steps. Where are they? (laughs) They they spell the word spasm, which I made that up a long time ago. And I'm like, that's not that cool, but I'm keeping it. I imagine our house having a spasm because it has so much stuff or whatever. Um, but yes, yeah, sort is always the first step. And that's the easy step. It's kind of like sorting blocks into colors. It's, it's just, you pick something up and decide what category it goes into. Super easy purge. Once you have everything sorted, the next step is to purge. So you can go back through each pile, you know, exactly what you have and how many things you have in that category. So it's much easier to make decisions. I always like to pick my favorites and this is, you can do with kids. I always try to help them pick their favorites first. So you're not saying like, what do you want to get rid of? What should we get rid of? Like that makes you just grasp for everything. And so to pick your favorites and then go to the next step, like what haven't you played with? What have you played with? Um, and then the, now that you have what you're going to keep, the third step is to assign homes to things. Mm. So you just decide where they're going to live and you can make it practical. The things you use the most should live in the eat most easily accessible or group things into categories like baking goes here or driving toys go here or whatever. 
And then the fourth step is to set limits. Now we set limits by containing things. So this is the step where you might decide to get a container or certain tubs or drawer divider or shelves. But this is the part that people always want to do first because containers are fun and you walk into Target and you're like, oh, but a few containers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get organized if I just buy these. Um, but I always say you cannot buy anything until you get to the fourth step and then shop your house first. And then if you want to buy something, then you can go ahead and buy it. And then the final step is to maintain. So setting limits helps you maintain because when the limits full, it triggers you, you see that it needs to be, the steps need to be gone through again, mm -hmm. but maintaining the secret to that is to tying it to something you already do. So you know, the seasons change. It's a great time to go through kids closets or before school starts, or, um, at the end of the school year, you just tie that into going through the files you kept with all the school stuff or the, um, backpacks you empty out and school supplies and crafts and all that. Got it. So if we were going to look at my closet, Mm -hmm. one way of maintaining is if I have X number of hangers in the closet, then if I buy a new shirt and there's no new hanger, I don't go buy a new hanger. <sighs> that is a great way shirts that I'm not, that I haven't worn in six months. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. When I go into my own closet, I get overwhelmed if I think, okay, what should I get rid of? If I say that first, I pick something up, I'll immediately go, well, I don't know. And then I'll go, this is too hard. And I'll put it back and leave. So I have to sort and you could do it by color. Like I could pull all the white out and sort that, or I could just pull all the tank tops out and then sort those and purge them, you know, go through it then. So, I mean, we can sort in so many different ways, but that's that doing that first just helps you, it helps me just relax. Like, oh, okay, here's what I, I have. And let's look at it now. It's literally like baby steps to getting rid of stuff. You don't want to go into the closet and be like, okay, toss, toss, toss you, because that creates this overwhelm yes. of, but I love that shirt. And I, I, you know, so-and-so bought me that or, or whatever the emotional attachment to the thing is. Uh -huh. Right. Yep. And then um, but if you go in and you're like, well, I have 52 tank tops <laughs> there, that's like one for every week of the year. And I would never have to wash. Like if I wore a tank top every week, I would never have to wash tank tops. Maybe I don't need that many. <laughs> well, and that's literally what happened. You know, if I would have asked this one client, should I, should we get rid of this white shirt? She would have been like, no, that's my short sleeve white shirt. But once we sorted, she had, I can't remember for sure. I think it was 19, like 19 short sleeve white shirts. Mm. And after she saw that she was like, what? Like she just had no idea. So then, I mean, we tried to pick the cleanest, brightest white one <laughs> and go from there, but yeah, it's so enlightening. Yeah. I don't have white shirts. I don't, <laughs> I don't wear white at all. <laughs> I do, well, but man, the two of them have little spots on them. So 
that's why mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to work the other day. I took a picture and put it on Instagram and I spilled like three spots or three drops of coffee down my shirt, whatever color it was. And I was like, and eh, this is why I don't wear white <laughs> <laughs> floral print. That doesn't make it spot right. show. Yeah. Exactly. So very cool. So, um, let's see. What do I want to ask you? <laughs> <laughs> like my brain is just going la, 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 all over the place today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and you ask me whatever you want, but one of the things, one of the stories was for moms yeah. was one of the things we did with one of the clients that I had, this was a while back, we made a toy closet. So she had her kids pick their favorite toys that they wanted to keep out and play with. So I don't know how many they each got, but, and then we put all the rest of the toys in the closet. And then one cool thing that she thought of was she got them each a tub to put their favorite toys in. Then she also got a little bucket. And then every night, the maintenance part was before they go to bed, they took their bucket around the house and they picked up whatever toys were out or whatever items that were theirs. And so she made it super fun where they would take their bucket around the house, pick everything up, bring it back. And I went and saw her again, several months later. And she was like, Tracy, they haven't even asked for anything out of the closet because the things in their tub have just been their favorite. And that's what they've played with. Mm -hmm. It was so fun for them, but then just enlightening for her to see Absolutely. Yeah. My son has a friend that's coming over that, um, I volunteered to pick up his friend from school, um, to help out, uh, her dad. And, um, so she comes over once a, once a week and then we have toys everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the bucket idea because then at least it's contained in a bucket. And then maybe the next day we can go and put it back where they belong. So it's not so overwhelming and it's not all his responsibility to clean up after his friends, which is a big pet peeve of his is like, well, I didn't play with that. They did. And they're gone. (laughs) Exactly. That is hard. I mean, that happens with everybody, right? We go to their house and they play. And so you could you know, spend five minutes and everybody helps clean up. I know I've heard mom say, I don't want them helping. I'd rather do it myself because everything gets put back where it's supposed to go. And I'm like, "Hmm, that's interesting. Like everybody has their own Mm -hmm. way they like to do it. I loved having, I mean, we had a basement that our toy room was in or toy area, but I loved that because then I could let that go. Like I didn't have to think about it all the time. We that's the kind of their space and they can have it messy down there. And then every once in a while we would go down and they would play and I would usually organize (laughs) the space, but yeah. Yeah. That's how our upstairs area is. That's the man cave. And so I so rarely go up there that I don't care what it looks like. It could Mm -hmm. have just clothes everywhere. And when, and then my boyfriend will be like, Oh, I really need to clean upstairs. And then he'll do it. And I don't have to regulate it. And I don't have to take care of it. And I don't have to see it. It's like, that's yours. You have at it. (laughs) And that is nice. So we're not nagging. And, Mm -hmm. but I mean, obviously some people don't have that 
you know, luxury to have those yeah. spaces and they have toys in the living room. And the thing I think about with that, the maintenance step is just like at a daycare, they have those built in like every time before nap time or lunchtime, everybody cleans and they all clean up. So you tie it to something that you do, and then you build in those maintenance, um, clean up, put things away type thing. That's why the toy library was an idea. Cause you check something out just like you would at a library play with it and then check it back in when you're done before you could get something else. So that idea kind of is popular with some people, depending on their age and space availability. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool idea too. Is there a little piece of advice that you have, uh, for moms that you want to share? Well, the thing that comes to mind first is just remember that there's stages. So there's a stage when there's lots of baby stuff out. Mm. There's a stage when, you know, your kids are collecting a lot of stuff. Um, and when they're the, the stage where you're keeping clothes for the next kid, <laughs> so <laughs> just know that those things come to an end. So don't get too uptight about, you know, the stage that you're in, just try to enjoy that. Um, the other thing I was going to say is try to set those things up where you have the maintenance in place to be able to, um, to be able to keep up with things. Mm -hmm. My son just came up for those of you that are just listening. He came up and he's very distracting with his cuteness. So uh, (laughs) Tracy didn't know what to do with herself. (laughs) And I did get a little kiss and I think that he shows up just about in every episode and gives me a kiss and then leaves. Oh, I love it. He wants to be a part of the podcast and he's a little bit shy. So he's, and and he doesn't know what he's allowed to say and what he's not allowed to say, mostly because I've said, Hey, don't come and ask me things like in the middle of a podcast. Right. Um, He always does. And it is what it is, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's fun to have him part of it. Like that's, that's part of being an imperfect mommy, right? (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say about that was to set some things up and it's the, you know, when we're recording, it's kind of the beginning of the school year. So, you know, just to have a plan and a flow for paper, cause that's kind of the biggest thing or craft projects that kids make or bring home is to have a flow for that. And the, the, um, step to set limits involve your kids with that. So help them see. So we used to have folders for each year and they could keep the amount of paper that would fit in the folder. So they would bring things into the house. We would ask them, is this special enough to keep, or do you want to recycle it or send it to grandma or whatever? And then we, I would collect them on the main floor in a, like a 12 by 12 box in the cabinet. And then we would all go down, take it to the basement where our storage was, where they each had a memory bin and they would put it in the folder and I would involve them in it. So they could see like, we can't keep everything, but we can keep this much. So if it started to get full, we would take it out and say, okay, pick your favorites. (laughs) And then what do you want to let go of? So you can fit these new things in there. I I love that idea so much because my son's a drawer 
and he get he gets like in little spurts of when he's like yeah. constantly and then video games constantly and then drawing constantly <laughs> in video games and so I like that question of is this special enough to keep and one of the things that we've been doing with our uh, with our projects is scanning them um, oh, because he wants them to be uh, put on Google air quotes um, and so I haven't quite figured out where Google is yet, um, but there's a couple of different websites that we could put uh, drawings on. Um, so uh, that's that's a little research project that I have. But he, I just love that he wants to share his work with the world. Like he wants people to be able to see his drawings, and that's really cool. I love that. Now, when my kids my oldest is 22, but, and youngest is 17. So we didn't scan anything in back then, but it's interesting. We would go on trips and they would have drawing books. And like, I'd make them a three ring binder with papers. And I remember they rolled it up and put a rubber band and put it in their memory tub. Cause it was super special. And then the next time we were down there, we would have so much fun. It would be like a party. They would pull stuff out just a little bit at a time. <laughs> and then they would look at it. And he was looking through that bundle of paper going, what did I keep this for? I mean, it was just like a little scribble. And so he was able then to kind of go back through that and say, yeah, that's not really something I want to keep anymore. Yeah. And that I, I think it teaches them really good stuff management tools. Mm -hmm. My, you know, I come from a family of hoarders that who knows where it started, but my experience was with my grandma and she would collect newspapers because she wanted to read every single one of them. <laughs> and it's like, there's a new newspaper every day. So if you're not reading two a day, you're not catching up at all. Right. And she just had a lot of anxiety when we would try to go in and sort stuff. And, and the craziest thing to me was that she knew if someone threw something away, like it could be something she hasn't touched in three years, mm -hmm. but if someone threw it away without her permission, all of a sudden just, she'd be like, where's that thing? And you're like, are you kidding? Like you haven't <laughs> touched it. We, I've been watching you not touch that thing for three years. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and that's something you can do with your kids too, is and I would have never known this before, but just the emotion of that organizing brings up, it's a, it's a healing sort of thing. And when your kids are having a hard time getting rid of something, or when you are just sit in that and allow them to sit in that and talk about like, what does it feel like in your body right now mm -hmm. that makes you want to keep that, or that makes it hard for you to let that go and just really bring them into what they're feeling. Yeah. What I really like about your coaching style is that it's not, you are coming at it from an emotion base. It sounds like, mm -hmm. because it is emotional. Like if it wasn't emotional, we wouldn't need to hire someone to help us <laughs> with it. If there wasn't some kind of attachment to stuff, Mm -hmm. which is an emotional attachment or whatever. Like I, I swear I have notepads galore. I have uh, notebooks galore. I don't ever write in a notebook. Never. Yeah. Never. And I have all these notepads and 
whenever I need to write on something, I have no idea where there's a notepad. Like (laughs) I end up typing it on the computer or wishing that I had or transferring it over to the computer and just getting rid of the paper because I want to be paperless as much as possible. But Mm -hmm. I have an emotional attachment to these notebooks and (laughs) it's, it's crazy. Like it's not logical and therefore it's emotional. (laughs) Yes. Well, and, and then it's good to go into that. Like why, what is the sentence or what are the thoughts that are, that are creating that emotional attachment? And maybe, you know, for some of my clients, it's, I just don't want to be wasteful. Mm -hmm. So they can't throw something away, especially all their, those things you get sent in the mail from asking for donations that come with little notepads and, um, return address labels and everything. They don't want to be wasteful or like, I want to give this to someone that's going to appreciate it. Like that Mm -hmm. thought and just examining that and giving yourself time to realize, even if you donated it to the local goodwill or wherever savers that's local to you, someone will appreciate it when they find it. And maybe what you're thinking now isn't even really true if you took the time to examine it. So that it's so important to be able to do that and have someone see what you're thinking. Cause we just think it's factual, you know, what, yeah. whatever the thought that we're thinking is. Cause most of our thoughts go unchallenged and yes. yeah. And I, 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 the, the thought that came to my mind was what if I need it? And it's like, I, I never have a notebook when I need it <laughs> and I end up transferring it to the computer anyway. So I could probably go, I get gifted a lot of notebooks mm. um, also. So it's, there's the wasteful, like I feel bad that somebody's giving it to me and, and yeah, there's a lot of thoughts that I never even thought about diving into. Right. And it, it's like, like those gift bags, like when somebody gives you a gift in a bag, like most people don't throw those away. They save them and then give them to somebody else. (laughs) And that's why you set a limit. So when my tub is full, I'm like, okay, here's my clue that this space is now full of enough bags. I will always have them, but well, in the trust thing too, one of the, um, classes I taught was about trusting that you'll have what you need when you need it Mm -hmm. and really thinking through that. And for you personalizing it for you, it could be a spiritual thing. It could be, um, a way that you find the evidence that you have had things when you needed them Mm -hmm. and then switching, like, maybe I'll need this or, well, I mean, that could be true, but also I'm going to trust that I have everything. And when I need a piece of paper, I'll have it in the future. So fun ways to play around with that. Definitely. All right. You got me all juiced up. Okay. Is there a book (laughs) you want to recommend to our listeners? Well, this is interesting. I am not a, I, I have never really too much been into personality types or anything like that. But one of my clients was talking about this book, the road back to you. Mm. It's an Enneagram journey to self-discovery and Mm. it's actually more of a Christian book. So they, he comes at it from, there's two authors and they come at it at 
as find out who you are so you can then draw closer to the Lord Mm. and understand your uniqueness. So this has been really good to even have some compassion for myself and my personality type and things that I do. It's been it's been really good. And I, I, we've kind of talked about it within our family and I've kind of learned, I think what I still have one or two people that I haven't found out, but even my extended family, my sister and brother and parents were there and we were talking about it. So it's been a fun little book. Of all the personality tests that I've really heard of, and I really like the Enneagram one and Uh I haven't dived into all of them or any of them I know a coach that's literally she's like the personality quiz queen (laughs) and I should have her come on here but (laughs) um but she's the one that introduced the Enneagrams to me and um I I don't I want to go back and and test and she kind of guessed who I was right and I tested similar to what she guessed, but not the exact one. And uh-huh. it's, it's mostly because I answered the question of like who I am now, not who I started out as. Mm-hmm. And so I got a different answer, uh, but similar because it was like, she said I was a two plus a four and I, I tested a four plus a two or whatever it was, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So the, those personality tests, like I don't put a hundred percent stock in them, but I think they're really interesting and that's kind of a cool spin on it too with that. Book. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting because he said that someone in his story was saying, I don't want to be put in a box. Like, mm-hmm. and I've kind of felt the same way. Like we can be whoever we want to, but what he answered to that person was you're already in a box. This is just showing you what your box you're in and allowing you to move out of it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. good. Yeah. I don't want to be put in a box because I'm already in one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so true though. We're so crazy as humans. So <laughs> where can our listeners find you? I am at simply That's my business name. Um, Tracy Hoth on Instagram. And then simply squared away on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming and pouring into our guests today and into me because I, you know, I have, I have some extra stuff that I don't need, but um, it's, it, I love the analogy because I'm going to think of a spasm. That's what the yes. word was, right? I'm going to think of a spasm every time I look at the mess. <laughs> Muscle spasm or that little twitch your eye gets sometimes you're going to be like, oh, maybe I should organize. Right. (laughs) I love that so much. Uh, Well, yeah. So thank you. And uh, we're going to have another episode of Imperfect Momming for you next week. And until we meet again, keep healing. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A 
L-Y-O-N-S.com. See you next time.